All right. Welcome in. Hey, everybody. We're back with another episode. Sometimes we cover uh, various product leadership topics, career topics. Uh, but as you know, the bread and butter here at uh, Peeling the Product is that we like to peel products, right? So we like to take random products, sometimes the ones you've heard of, sometimes ones you haven't heard of. We like to break them down and peel back the layers so that anybody who's interested in products looking to break in or people who just like to kind of be curious about you know where, where things are and how other product managers think about things. We peel back the layers on those and try to uh, help y'all understand a little bit more about you know strategy, go to market, and uh, overall business sense and business case understanding of, of these different products. So today we have a, a really cool one, one that I had never heard about before I met Josh. Um, so with that, maybe I'll pass it over to you, Josh. And why don't you introduce us to the uh, the topic of today's discussion? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, firstly, thanks for having me. This is yeah, this is fun. Um, yeah. So the the product topic today uh, is the Saturn app. Um, and so if you're not familiar with the, what the Saturn app is, it's a mobile application uh, specifically designed for high school students. And it's taking calendar management and social networking and throwing them in a single product. Um, so this app, uh, like I mentioned, is uniquely catering to scheduling social needs for uh, a high school uh, audience. Um, the app has features like calendar and scheduling, uh, social and community engagement, um, and different tools to kind of manage the average high schoolers' uh, day at high school and all of the different things that that may that may pertain to during their during their day. Um, the unique selling proposition, uh, like I said before, tailored specifically for high school uh, schedules, integrated with social, making it extremely unique. And I, I actually think there's a unique product design. Uh, way that they kind of went about implementing and building this product that um, you'll see kind of parallels to with other products, and we can maybe talk about that. Um, the addressable market is around 7.27 uh, million uh, students. They're only currently right now on uh, iOS as a platform. Um, they are a free app. Um, they don't have any paid features, no premium, nothing like that. Um, they just recently raised $44 million in funding um, from several VC firms, from Jeff Bezos' private fund, uh, from Robert Downey Jr., um, Dylan Fields, of uh, the CEO of Figma. So a collected group of, uh, of investors there. Um, and they're growing like crazy. So uh, rapid growth around U.S. high schools, they have a presence in about 17,000 schools right now um, over the last couple of years. Um, and then competition, um, you know, there's different apps like PowerSchool and Blackboard that those those companies have more traditional B2B model where they're working directly with the school. This is a bit different in that the school is not involved at all. This is completely only to the student population, which, you know, there's some risks there. And like we, we can also kind of like dive in, dive into that as well. Um, so that's kind of the high level there. I'm uh, definitely curious to hear, hear some thoughts. Before we go another layer deeper, I wanted to back up just real quick and do a, yeah. a brief intro of Josh. So Josh Dunn is our guest peeler today. Um, I met Josh in, back in 2019, and we've been talking about product and UX ever since. Um, Josh is a U.S. Uh, Air Force vet. Uh, he's based in Arizona. You can find him on LinkedIn. Um, but And right now he is the product design lead at IBM Cloud. Uh, focused on the cloud billing, FinOps, and and enterprise account management. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you. 
the rest of us on the on the pod tonight are um, Yogesh Sharma at Health First and Rupu Sharma, uh, no relation that we know of. <laughs> Rupu is at um, Amazon, and then Andrew, as you know, is also at IBM Cloud. But Josh and Andrew have not worked together. It's a it's a big company, from what I hear. <laughs> for what for what we hear as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I'm glad you backed up and did that because I was just licking my chops trying to get into what <laughs> this app was. So I'm glad you made it a little bit more official. But yeah, good to dive in. Good so funny, in. you you already knew my coworker before I knew my coworker. <laughs> <laughs> good to meet you, Josh. Uh, no, uh, thanks for the thanks for the introduction there. And just for everybody uh, listening, he he's saying Saturn like the planet S A T U R N. So that's the app. Um, Man, this is interesting. Like so many thoughts and questions kind of circling uh, through my mind um, and way different from when I was in high school. I won't reveal like how many years ago that was, but long enough ago where I didn't have an iPhone necessarily uh, while I was in high school. So, yeah, things the times have changed. Things are different. And students kind of, yeah, run the game right now. I do have a few friends who are uh, teachers and they tell me, I always ask, like, you know, he's a he's a football coach. And I always ask him, like, you know, like, what's the deal with phones in school? And he's like, they're not supposed to have them out. But every kid has a phone and every single kid has the phone out all the time. And I'm like, don't you make them put it away? And he's like, I literally say it a thousand times a day. And it doesn't matter how many times I say it. They don't put it away. And I can't make them do it because there's like regulations against that. So. Uh, that I think is like the behavior that's driving a lot of this, you know, probably a lot of this adoption and a lot of what we see with these viral apps, you know, uh, with, you know, Saturn and what you were talking about, Josh, made me think of one that I had recently heard about called gas. Have y'all heard about this? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're sounding so old right now, I'm sure, but. (laughs) Um, you, you might be the youngest one here, though, Andrew. I have I, I have a thirteen-year-old that goes into high school next next year, so this oh, is actually wow. relevant in that sense. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know if gas is relevant anymore because, as you know, these social networking apps just kind of appear like a flame, like a mist. Right? They're there one second and gone the next. Um, and you know, this one gas, this one, uh, was basically. Um, it, it spread on this uh, the, this viral algorithm, which was you could anonymously v- vote for like positive superlatives, essentially. So like you, everybody in the school has this app gas and you can say this person looks cute or what I, what I don't know, like whatever the thing is, like you can give people random compliments in the app and it was supposed to be like this positive thing. And so you've got all these people like giving random compliments and it's addictive because it's positive, right? So you want to go in and see like what somebody said about you that was positive. And so it just took off like wildfire apparently. And um, I don't know whatever ended up happening with it. I think it was just like poof gone, right? But um, these these things can get viral into the millions quickly, millions of users quickly. And so that's kind of what you were alluding to there, Josh. I'm curious, how did you find out about this app? You you brought it to us, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, so my, my little cousin, um, he's in high school and he uses it. And he told me about this maybe like a year ago. And then recently I was reading a, uh, a Lenny's newsletter article and they touched, he touched on this, um, on this app and I don't pay for the, for the premium. So I can't see like the full article, but like the first couple bullets that I read, I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. 
and then didn't really think much about it. And then um, when Trent approached me to, to hop on the pod, I was like, you know, this is actually kind of an interesting topic that we can kind of think a little bit more about. You know, they have, from what I've seen, the research I've seen, they have no clear path to revenue. They're, like a lot of things are very ambiguous. And so, um, and like I mentioned before, there's like a, a unique, I think, lesson in how they actually built their product um, that I thought was really, uh, really powerful. And especially for two young founders, as young as they are, I think they're like college age, uh, was, was pretty, pretty smart the way they went about it. So they yeah. liked us. What was the, what was the unique thing that they did there? You yeah, so, could, uh, yeah. A little crumble, but we need the whole cookie now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty cool. So I mentioned, uh, before, you know, it's kind of a hybrid between a calendar management app and a social app. Um, the thing that I, the thing that I think is super interesting is they they're building their primary uh, way that they built the app was to build it around the calendar management app and functionality around other competitive apps such as uh, I think Todoist would be a good example if just think about like personal productivity. Um, so and then they tailored it to a very specific audience, right? Like high school students. And they were years ago, high school students. So they spoke kind of from uh, from a place of authority, right? They knew the users and they made that app incredibly powerful for that very specific niche audience. And once they started to get users actually using it and retaining those users for the tool that it was, they started to build social tooling on top of it, right? Which just kind of made it explode. So like they essentially, you know, you could think about uh, obviously, like users jumping on an app, a pure social app, there needs to be the supply side demand as well, right? Like if you hop on a social app and there's no one else on the social app, it kind of it's kind of rendered useless, right? So like they they brought a lot of value to their initial value prop, which is like, hey, let's make this calendar time management app for the high school student around their schedule as a backbone universal experience that everyone at that age goes through make that incredibly robust. And then once we have strong retention and we're, we're getting into different high schools and we've iterated uh, with, you know, they had uh, sponsor students at a bunch of different high schools to understand the nuances of how all the different ways and permutations of how a, a high school daily schedule can be. And then once they have that down, then they expand into the social apps and it's just exploded, right? And especially at that age, right? It's like, you have like one cool kid at the school that has this app and then everyone's like, oh, you like Tommy has this app, I gotta have this app. And so it just, it pops off, right? Um, and I thought that was kind of genius how how they did that. And it, you could see it on on other, even enterprise software products as well. Nice. Yo, guess Rupu, any, either of you wanna jump in with anything? If not, I have a question. I, I have a question too. Uh, okay. Hey, first, hey, Josh. Uh, quick question, right? So. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, to start with, I don't know much, um, you know, about the app, but uh, it looks like you know this product is more success, uh, more because of the distribution, right, the social integration, and 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 things like that, rather than the actual utility of a product, right? So let's say, like, you know, if you look at product metrics, right, uh. Any insight on like, you know, how many high school students are actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, using the product in a way it's intending to be versus like adoption, right? I think like which are two different things, right? Like you said yourself, the social media integration, you know, um, 
and I'm sure there's some playfulness to it, right? And 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 and, and it's there's some something differentiating both two, right? Uh, 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 the the adoption or 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 the popularity of the product because of the social media versus the actual utility of a product. In a way, it makes high school students more productive in in, in some sort. Yeah, so I think so. I'm looking at the App Store ratings right now. So currently, they have a 4.7 uh, rating out of five, and this has been downloaded uh, over 47,000 times. Um, and so, I think as far as the actual utility and value of the app, uh, just based off of like, of course, like very young company, not a whole lot of public data to go off of, but you could just see like off of the, the trends that they've experienced and their, their growth rate currently. Um, I think there is a lot of value to the app uh, that, that, that the kids are experiencing. Now, I think you brought up a really good point, you know, which there is integrations, I think, to Snapchat. And I know Snapchat for sure. I, I'm not sure about the other, the other social apps. So I think that definitely provides some value as well. But um, I've seen like use cases where you know, sports teams are essentially like if you're on the varsity basketball team going up for tryouts, you could use the bulletin board and create a custom group. And it's you're talking to all the kids that are specifically trying out for basketball as an example. Right. So there's a bunch of niche use cases within the like day, the daily grind of being a high school student that um, that I think the app actually does a really good job of retaining those users. Um, so. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So my uh, my question is, as as a Google uh, user and not an iPhone fanboy, I, I want to know when is the Android app coming? And so I actually I actually you know found an email address on their site and and just emailed them this morning, and they already got back to me and said that it's uh, there will be a web and Android version in the future, and that I will be notified, but there's no set date for it. Um, but yeah, pig, piggybacking on um, what Rupu was saying, it, it's also interesting to note the like the the high priority of safety that they put. Like it's in their you know their main menu. Safety is actually the first thing, so they seem to be prioritizing it. But it's also interesting that like parents and teachers aren't allowed on the app. Yeah. So it's like that's probably adds to the appeal for the teenagers to to know that like hey, this is just this is our little space. You know, 100%. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was going to be a point that I brought up is, guys, I mean, as a product manager here, you knowing the user is really important in every product. But especially nowadays, I feel like the this particular demographic that was that is the making up the main portion of the user base, we're talking 14 to 18 year olds, right? Mm -hmm. I don't live in that world just yet i have a four-year-old you're about to trent so you better yeah. get used to some of this stuff and i don't know like how kids and phones work these days and what the boundaries are and all those things are but <clears throat> by golly i got to imagine if a parent doesn't want something on a phone there's probably a lot of conversations in a lot of households go you know about that topic right so I just found I was in during my research, I found this website and Trent, maybe you know about this website, this this forum or community called Bark. You heard of I it? I haven't heard of that one. No. Apparently it's like a it's like a review website for parents with like kids who have phones. And it they just kind of rate different apps out there about, you know, overall safety, harmful content, you know, the propensity for uh predation 
privacy, uh, how valuable it is for the kid, whether or not there's parental controls. This has a pretty low score on on Bark, right? So it might have a really high score in the app in the app store. So maybe kids love it. It looks like parents don't, right? And so as product managers, we have to. Yeah, it has a two point five rating out of five stars on on Bark, right? For parents, basically. So as product managers, we not only have to consider the user, but we have to consider the bubble around the user as well, and what may or may not be like helping the user along in the adoption curve or hurting the adoption curve, right? They may not be the main users of it, but they definitely have influence over them. So especially when it comes to, you know, apps aimed at kids and children, we've got to be, we've got to have that extra layer of thought about, you know, everything, every decision that goes into the product. And yes, you know, of course they say privacy is of, of, of utmost concern. You know, the company says that, but whether or not that's actually true in practice, you know, we can't tell because we can't get an account because we don't have a high school ID. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually uh, a, a big part of a lot of the fuss with the parents as well. Um, and I've heard that they plugged this hole, but I don't know. I created an account today and it didn't look like they, they did. Or maybe like I haven't seen the full scope of what it really is. But um, you actually have to sign in with a school verified email. And before that wasn't the case. So like anyone could essentially create an account, right? And then you could map to see all the different students. Like if you say, hey, I went to a Desert Ridge High School, it's a high school by my house. Like if you could say, in theory, you went there and you see all the list of students are on the app that go there, but you could be some random, <laughs> random person, right? So yeah. I think that's definitely huge security concerns. But from what I understand now, there's that you need to sign up using a school verified email in order to get even get on the app. I was able to get to the dashboard, but it looks like in order to access social features, you have to verify who you are first. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was actually super interesting too. I mean, and it also, honestly, like you can take that, that kind of same point and extrapolate it out to even potential monetization strategies. Like, cause it's like how many high school kids really have money to adopt, you know, a higher, uh, maybe not like a freemium, but you go up the, the product here and actually start paying for features or, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's going to have to come from the parents. And if the parents are against the app, then I feel like the business will probably have to start doing direct connections with the school or hopefully not ads or something like that. But that does limit, you know, their, their pathways to monetization in my, in my view. I bet there are quite a few companies that would love to put their ads on that platform to access that demographic, right? And quite a few parents who are probably like, wait a second, what do you... Yeah. <laughs> um, so before, okay, I think that's the obvious question here for us to kind of peel back and break down. It's like, what does the path to monetization look like? If you were the product manager there, what would you do? Before we get there, I think there's a little bit more that we need to discuss in terms of the the utility aspect versus the social aspect, right? So I'm having a really hard time understanding why the investment is there from all these big, you know, big investors, because on the one hand, I mean, I think the two are actually separate, right? Like the adoption curve makes sense. Like if it's growing really rapidly, anything can grow. If your friend invites you to something, like you're going to take the invite and you're going to look at something, but is it sticky? Is this something that's going to stick around and somebody going to continue to use? 
for that, you look at a couple of different things, right? And so what I'm seeing based on uh, what I'm seeing based on just like initial research of Saturn is it's essentially got that calendaring element. Um, it's got the uh, you can share your schedule with friends. You can like basically organize your calendar. And uh, I think you can message other students, right? So in terms of the meat there, there's really not a lot of meat, right? Like how important is it for you to know your friends' calendars, right? Like you figure, you kind of figure that out as you go. Not only that, but it doesn't feel durable to me because there's so many other tools out there on the internet that, I mean, Google Calendar, I mean, of course they're not built and gener- and and like generally geared towards this specific demographic, but there's a lot of substitutes that exist that, you know, might easily get this job done in just the same, you know, almost the same way, maybe not as cool, but, you know, functionally it's pretty close. And then, then it's the chat piece how many chat tools do we need? Right. Like they've got Snapchat, they've got Instagram, they've got whatever, you know, whatever these other, you know, be real, whatever these other apps are. Like, I think there's going to be ultimately, you know, a death to, you know, uh, superfluous chats and apps that aren't needed. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm having a hard time seeing how this is going to like be successful past this initial adoption curve and be a utility that someone's going to use all the time. My, yeah. my, my, my initial question was like, you know, around the same, um, you know, team, right. As I was looking at their website, um, they published a blog yesterday. Um, and it says a new way to connect with friends, right. Um, the only really productive thing or productivity related things here, um, you know, they're talking about school directors, you know, not sure, like, you know, if if I'm in a class, I probably know like everyone who's in my class, or at least know the people that I need to be with. Um, and beside that, you know, they're focusing on friending and things like that, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's that's one thing that had crossed my mind, right? Utility versus you know having a product to connect with your friends in the same high school, right? Um, and I was kind of having the hard time um, really understanding, you know, what what is the uh, it's almost like you know, every product had some kind of chatbot element these days, right? Um, or a networking element. Uh, but as far as the actual utility, right? How does it really make a high schooler's life better? Uh, yeah, I can't help but wonder okay. what their daily active users and weekly active user metrics look like. It seems like it would be most useful at the beginning of a school year or at any kind of transition point where classes change, you know, and, and you're trying to like coordinate with friends of like, okay, I'm in this class after that one, you know, we'll, we're going to walk past each other in the hall, let's meet up, whatever, those sorts of things might be part of it. And also just, you know, maybe having the same teacher, but in different periods or something, gives them something to talk about, you know, they can share homework, they can coordinate that way. I don't know. Those are a couple of the, the deeper use cases that come to mind. Can, can I ask a question to you guys? Because I have never done a schooling at the school level. I know I, I went to high school, um, did my graduation over here. But how common is a school transfer in US? In I, I don't know. In the media. That's one, one question that comes to my mind. And, and the second, which is really challenging from my perspective, and I'm thinking from the user-based perspective, is that uh, 
just thinking a calendar is not providing a too much value to the to the end customer and the, it's 14 to 18 which, which we're talking about uh even the chat element is not providing too much value if it's asked me as as andrew rightly pointed out that yes there are so many snapchats and whatnot one of the biggest concerns that i have seen like after listening to so many horrible stories across that bullying is one other thing which can can happen on this the class chats what kind of thing they are building against that kind of uh, uh, situation in the future. So none of these things is is, is right now put, putting me in the mindset that, that, yes, this is something useful in the long run where companies or any investor should put up big money, which is a big question that why why are people investing? Uh, because this this is a, another application which will come and go or which it will stay. And if it stay, for what reason it should stay? Because I don't see any distinction right now from any other application that you have mentioned. You must have talked about AI and their pitch deck, and that's what got them the money. I, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think, like, you know, we should separate the, the investment part, um, you know, from the actual utility part, right? I, I think, like, you know, you see that across Silicon Valley where, like, you know, people will throw money at any new thing because there's always that chance of, like, you know, pivoting into something mm-hmm. else. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you do have data for 7 million high school students, right? And and that's a huge asset, right? But like, you know, even when you look, think about this calendar thing, right? How mm-hmm. much of a um, high school student's weekly calendar is dynamic versus static, right? Am I not taking the same class throughout the year? I mean, like, is my class like, you know, well, not at the same time, not at the same place? Exactly. You, right? It might change like every semester, but like, yeah. Order. Or two to figure out where you need to be and then yeah. how often mm-hmm. do you need to log in and see where to go next like you know what's interesting though my, my daughter in her middle school they have uh what they call purple days and teal days those are their school colors so they mm-hmm. alternate back and forth literally every other day is different yeah. and, um, and, 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 and and even these, if... these kids are not used to using a calendar and like some of them Okay. You know, they have trouble sticking to or remembering what's next or I mean you they don't even know what time it is, let alone where they and, need and to be. you know, I, I don't know this for a fact, but like you know, if you look at you know all high schoolers, they do all their homework on a laptop, right? So like you know, it's very unlikely that a high school wouldn't have some sort of mechanism to electronically give them a schedule, right? Uh, even if it's a screenshot of you know your school uh, schedule um, on the phone right like you know my brothers have two two daughters three they all go to high school you know they do all their homework on a laptop you know they talk to their uh, friends on the phone so 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 not sure like you know where i really do not understand what is the problem with the high school students not knowing their schedule well, and it's be, it's beyond the school day too. It's after school events. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, th- I thought the same thing. Like I think I really do think that there is power for there's power in. I mean, when I think back to being a high school student, having my schedule decentralized from authoritative authoritative systems, right? Like if the school is giving you something and the school can overlook everything that we're talking about then it's instantly not going to be cool. If the parents can do the same, it's instantly not cool, right? So it's like, it's a peer-to-peer, like student-specific thing that I think appeals to them, right? And I I think it's like, I mean, we could even ask ourselves like how often, because I know the answer for me is a lot, how often we use products that have a very low utility for us, but we use them because there's some sort of like social pull or some sort. Yeah. 
social credit, right, that you get for that. So I think that is very powerful. And like to the investment piece of it, like I agree 100%. I think the the founders, you know, are young, very bright. I think Silicon Valley likes to likes that narrative, that archetype, right, of the young dropout, college dropout, that's a genius, you know, and they'll throw a ton of money into it. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. And I think also having the data of all those high school students, yeah, like it, that alone, you could argue would be worth forty four million dollars. I, so, I I think I think that's the key point here. You know, I yeah. I, I really think uh, you know the data of um, you know for high school students. Of capturing the data, you know, interest for high school students, and maybe this utility thing is a you know gateway to get into school, like because now you can present that hey your app is productive, right? Because because if you think about if you think across um, you know major um, social app Instagram, right? We know Instagram has had a problem with even Facebook attracting those young students, right? So this may be uh, you know a pointing towards that, right? Um, where like you know they understand that okay Instagram Facebook you know they're not having success in attracting high school students because of like you know child safety or whatever it is right and hence like you know they wanna introduce this app within the high school arena uh, you know with some some kind of utility but with the end goal of like you know um, social integration social whatever you wanna call it you know be the main um sticky reason right um, yeah yeah so, and, and i think by the way like this is also i mean if you take uh this is obviously far different than this but you take a company like figma as an example that started bottom up right where they essentially made a product for a very specific user which is a designer made it incredibly good for them to use and it grew grassroots and then as it started to grow more designers started to use it then they started to use that bottom up uh, sales funnel to start to speak to buyers of these organizations and then start to adopt the tool and use that as a enterprise sales motion. So like, I think this is also like the same pattern is kind of taking place here, right? Where they have a ton of schools already onboarded, a ton of students already onboarded, and then they can go to schools and say, Hey, I know you're using PowerSchool XYZ. We can build these other tools that you're using, integrate them with our platform. And you already have all of these students onboarded. Um, we understand pain points of the students better than anybody else. So I, I think that's a very powerful story. Uh, so that could be another another avenue to take as well. That, that's exactly what I was about to bring yeah. up. So, so you're not the Figma piece in the building. That was a good uh, analogy. Like, But what you said about, okay, if they are going to be adopted in all these schools, now, what, now that we're there, what can you do with it, right? Because like, I, I think we're all in agreement. like, a simple calendar and a simple chat is not going to cut it. But there are two things. There's really two or three things that are like really going for it. One, you you hit the nail on the head, like no authority around. Like it feels a little like fun and secretive to have like your own calendar and like, hey, I got, you know, some independence there. There is some merit to that. The next thing is community, right? We all know like community products that are centered around community tend to be successful. And so you can build your own little community at school, you know, in your digital world there. And then the other thing that's really going for it is the fact that, you know, if, if there is this like virality coefficient, that's like you invite a friend and friend groups join and more friend groups join, then you're, yeah, like you said, you have this, uh, footprint across 
um, I guess it's just America right now, but you have this footprint across America where you're now able to collect and see a lot of data in a lot of places. And that data is precious, right? Because it's hard to reach that, that segment. And I think we all know from experience, like whatever 14 to 18 year olds say is cool. Everybody else tries to copy. And then, you know, soon you have millennial moms doing that and then it's not cool. And then they find something else to do and then something else becomes cool. But for whatever reason, 14 to 18 year olds drive what's cool in our society and I'll never understand it, but Hey, I got my next pair of Yeezys on the way. Right. So I'm just, <laughs> um, so I'll say, all I'll say is let's, let's kind of uh, let's provide a little bit of structure to the rest of this conversation. So let's just talk about two more questions and not everybody has to answer. I think question number one is, if you were there, like uh, if you were there, like if you were a product manager there, what would be your like top priority in terms of how to make this a more durable application beyond just the calendar, calor- calendaring and the uh, chat feature, right? I feel like those are the two things that they're touting on their website, but we need more. So what would you guys propose? And then the second thing is, how would you... F- what are the first like uh, experiments that you would look at for monetization? And, and at what point would you do that? So those are the two questions. And then we can, uh, I think that'll be a good peel. We can wrap it up from there. Uh, can I come in? Yeah, go ahead. So I would like to experiment with something because uh, this is high school student we're talking about. I would like to add something called tutoring over there since we are trying to build a community over here. And uh, it provides a great opportunity um, so to build a community within a school and also the outside of the school. Right now, uh, if anyone can confirm that, whether this is only limited to the school or you can also talk to the uh, student from the other schools. Do you have any idea about it? No idea, but it feels feasible. It's feasible, yeah. So that that's where, uh, if you just remember, like, that's how the Facebook started, like uh, within the Harvard and then you expand it outside. So mm-hmm. that is um, the one way of looking at it, like how you, how you want to build a community, the tutoring opportunities, right, like some of the kids will are looking for the constant um, uh, mentoring and the, the senior ones can provide that kind of opportunity, but also it provides the the uh, opportunity to learn from each other. And that's where I've seen a lot of stu- students struggling uh, at this age. Uh, that's the first thing that I am thinking of doing that. And I, I want to see where it goes in the next six to nine months. I I, I have similar thoughts, okay? And, and, and somehow I was thinking of a similar um, app. Uh, so, so if you think about... Uh, um, all high school students pretty much like they they're looking for a job, right? Um, um, mostly in retail and things like that, right? Um, so I would I would actually you know consider that, right? Uh, you know some integration with, um, you know, clothing jobs or what whatever retail jobs, right? Um, where where people can, um, if you look at TikTok, right? The the, the baristas in Starbucks um sharing their uh, you know, work uh, uh, videos and stuff like that, right? So I would find some kind of integration uh, 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 with allowing them to, you know, find jobs and then use that to create more content, right? Hence, hence uh, virality. But, you know, the other thing, like, I almost think, like, you know, this whole app is 
built, you know, as a top of the funnel, right? Because once you start talking about social media and then once we start talking about social media, media integration, let's say like, you know, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, right? Why, why is that integration itself not a monetization opportunity, right? Because like, you know, if I am integrating with any other app, then, you know, this app becomes a top of the funnel, right? Um, so, 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 so I, I think like in even integration, um, with with apps or like you know uh, uh, any 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 product or services that caters to us like high school and here we talk about seven million, right? I I, I think that integration in itself is is a monetizing, uh, you know, uh, 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 opportunity. And even that you know you could you could maybe like you know dissect into is it just like integration based or like depending on what how much data you want to share with the uh, you know other product and services. So I I think you know just that could be an opportunity. My only I don't have anything to offer in the way of answering the questions just yet, but my only feedback on that, Rupu, is I don't know how many of them are looking for jobs anymore. Like I don't know. It seems like in the towns that I've been in and uh and I live in, it seems like there's less and less high school students working those traditional jobs that we all used to work in the retail stores and the restaurants around town. They're way better and way, you know, way better than we were at figuring out how to make a buck off the internet. So it feels like they're a lot more entrepreneurial hearted and willing to kind of go out on a limb and try to do something of their own in the content space, maybe, or some other, you know, Amazon drop shipping, who knows, but um, it seems like that's the route a lot of them take. And there's a less percentage. I actually seen a chart on this. I think it's like 20% less high, like nowadays high school students are, are getting jobs versus what it was when I was in high school. So that's a big job. Um, also, I think, what's replaced a lot of that is gaming. <laughs> yes. A lot of them started gaming instead of going, going to work. Um, that, you know, anyways, that's just my two cents on that. So I would, I would definitely think I would do some more research and think about that, but it's a good idea overall. And there's some like, you know, common, you know, common approaches to right that that follows the norm like you know educating high school students on finances right personal finance so i think like you have some of those opportunities that you know you could integrate with product and services that kind of like tailor to them um, you know the 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 the, the trad fi uh, uh 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 afterwards right um but 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 again at the end of the day right like you know uh, when you talk about monetization, like you know, you have to add value to the, to the, to to the other provider too, right? And at the at the end of the day, everyone is looking about like you know what are the segments that are willing to spend money, right? Just like you know, content watching and and that's not going to be enough, right? Um, what do you what, yeah. would you what would you do, Josh? It's kind of nuanced uh, for me. Like, I think it would really just depend on like what their vision is um, and like how, what their risk tolerance with their investors are. So like how much runway they have. I think there's probably a quicker path to revenue if they go uh, like a traditional kind of like B2B and they start to target schools and say, hey, we have these students. Now let me try to, uh, what's that? But the trade-off is you lose the cool factor. You lose the cool fat, you do, yeah. And that's a quicker way, I think, to money. I think uh, if you were trying to keep it more like a consumer app straight to the, to the high school student, 
I would probably try to find out the kind of secondary and tertiary experiences of what a high school student goes through that could be built off of the app and then probably hide those behind a paywall and do some experimentation there and see kind of what the threshold is if students can afford to pay $3.99, right? And try to grow it that way. Um, yeah, so so that would be kind of my thought. You, you gain and lose with both options, obviously, but um, that would probably be like my my gut feel with the information that I have. Yeah, this is really interesting. I'll throw in my two cents. Uh, I'll keep it pretty short. But um, the the other uh, line of thinking I have is to let the the schools and maybe even at the district level let them get a view of of what's going on inside an app and and kind of brainstorm ideas for how they could be a, a limited participant in the platform without uh, or without completely killing the cool factor. Um, you know, if, if the center of your mission is still going to be around the students, then that can be prioritized. And even as you go and talk to the schools and districts, um, you know, you can hold a hard line on that and, and say, OK, you know, we don't need you, uh, you know, school administrators. We don't need you here for this platform, this community to exist. So um, these are the rules, like these are the terms of our engagement, essentially. So they, they hold all the cards. Um, and if it's not to their liking, then then they can just say no. But I would at least be experimenting and having conversations with those, you know, heads of schools and heads of districts to understand various use cases that that might be palatable to to both sides. Essentially, turning it into a bit of a two sided marketplace and tapping into the districts and schools' pockets. You know. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way too with just the data that's being collected uh, that it could be used to essentially export that information and use it in college applications. You know, like, hmm. I mean, if you're talking about certain things that you're going over in class, certain assignments you have, maybe you're playing sports, maybe you achieve certain awards or you have a job, right? In theory, the app is mapping out that entire schedule. And it's maybe you do things that you kind of even forget. Like when I'm writing my own resume, I'm like, I shift a bunch of things that I don't even remember half the things that I did and to have to go back and try to remember. So. I, I mean, you could, you know, provide maybe some sort of bundling of everything that you've done and generate kind of like a an AI, you know, year in review that you could essentially use to to import into college systems or something like that as well. So, yeah, I I think you guys are like hit like I, now I'm starting to see like everything you guys just said. I'm starting to see like maybe why the investment was there. <laughs> So, um, and it's basically, there's so much potential. If you can capture the attention of this particular segment, there's a lot you can do with it. And parents, schools, they will let it fly if there's value to be gained, right? Whether that's college, getting like getting more organized and ready for college, whether that's, you know, tapping in and having better communication with the school system, whatever it happens to be like, this could be that mesh. Like maybe you don't want to like give access to the school and to the parents too soon, but someday it could evolve into that meshing point where you still give students the privacy they need to think it's cool, but you also give access at the right amounts to the schools and to the parents to be able to have insight and visibility into what's going on, what's coming up, you know, and keep everybody in sync and in the loop, right? Like, 
right now I have a four-year-old in elementary school and I get like a phone call every day with a voicemail that tells me what's going on. And while that's really nice, I didn't have that when I was growing up. That's really nice. It still requires me to like listen to a voicemail or like watch a video or of this principal telling me what's going on versus if it was all integrated into your, into an app and everybody checked it like once a day, then that's that. And you know where to go every single time. That's, that's pretty nice. Right. So there's a lot of potential there. Um, you know, I'd like to land the plane on this conversation, but I think there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential in like the yearbooking space here, right? So like, if this is going to be all about school, I do think that students would cough up some cash to like create some sort of physical yearbook from this app, right? So if you've got everybody in your school on this app. And it's capturing all the events from the year, what happened on the soccer team, what happened in the key club, what happened in the theater club. And it's capturing all this information digitally. I think there's a way to print like photos and different things and just like, hey, AI is going to generate this sick yearbook. It's 20 bucks. If you want it, we'll ship it to your door. You just got to click this button here and it'll automatically do everything for you. Right. I think there's some there's you know, if if you wanted to to monetize that way instead of through like ads that to me feels a little bit safer for parents to be like oh yeah like you know your books are lame usually but this one seems cool right if there's a way that you can reimagine that you know beyond what i just said there's probably some creative kid out there who could think of like the sickest yearbook ever um i think there's some there's probably some monetization potential there because you're already at the school but anyways i think this is a really cool conversation a really cool thing to think about i'm going to keep thinking about it because i had never heard about it until this week and you guys offered up some really great thoughts um any closing thoughts before we we sign off josh we're really thankful for you to to be here and and share this with us and uh break it down with us and you know i enjoyed the time hope you did um any closing thoughts from you no, no. Thanks for having me. I, this has uh, been super fun. I enjoy talking about this stuff. So it's uh, it's been a blast. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time and uh, hope everybody has a good rest of the night. You too. Thanks. Thanks, thanks all. Take care. Yeah.